Hi, welcome to Dear Nikki. My name is Nikki, and if you've been here before, welcome back. And if you're new to the show, this show is all about sex and the fantasies that people have. Reading from emails directly and anonymously sent to me, together we'll explore the experiences of everyday people, just like yourself. You never know who I could be reading from. I could be reading from your local sheriff, who frequently visits his dumb to get fucked in the ass. I could be reading from one of your co-workers. You know the one. She secretly runs a key-swapping party at lunchtime. I could be reading from the housewife down the street. You know the one. She secretly orders stuff just so she can suck off the UPS man. You just never, ever know. And if you have any erotic confessions or anything else, feel free to send them to Nikki at N-I-K-K-Y at DearNikki.com or anonymously through the website at DearNikki.com under the confessions tab. By submitting a confession or question, you certify the following are true. You are the sole creator of the submission. You are 18 years of age or older, legally able to write, submit erotic or pornographic material. Stories including bestiality, incest, incest fantasies, underage role play, rape sex, rape fantasies, or other non-consensual content or racial slurs will not be aired. We reserve the right to change names or other identifiable information, and you're releasing all rights to your creation. One question I always get is, how can I get her or him into something? How do I approach it? And we all know me. I'm very much a just jump right in and throw it all out there. And I don't recommend that. But if you're one thing you have to go into something when you're talking to somebody about something is you can't make anybody do anything and you don't want to because if they're not into it, then it's not going to be pleasurable for you. So I think if you're shy, or if you're running ideas, try, and some of you might call this manipulation. But I think if you're not a direct person, or it's something you don't want, and I always say, well, not want, but don't know how to approach. I know that I always say put the person in the car and talk about that way, because that way, they can stare off into many other places. But another place definitely is, um, the bed in the bedroom. And yes, it's our most intimate places. And sometimes that's where my lover and I have the best conversations is lying together because we're connecting and talking about everything, not just sex. And sometimes it does lead to that. But most of the time, it's even just the mundane of we need bread and milk. (laughs) But it works, right? So what I'm suggesting here is if you're in that rut of, I don't know how to bring this topic up or whatever it may be, even bread and milk, maybe, (laughs) is when you're caressing, when you're touching. You can pay attention to their body and they may be just into the touch that you're giving them, but they may also be into it. And if they run with it, why not ask? you know, what do you think about this? And that's the first thing is the dialogue. And remember, it's okay if it stays just a fantasy 
And you guys never breach that over that line because once you cross the line, you can't come back. But again, what if you're holding back on something that could also give them pleasure? Or if they have something in mind to tell you, but they don't know how to approach the subject. So touching, caressing in the car, even though that's less romantic or intimate, as we say, can really open up dialogue. And that's what this is about, right? Opening a dialogue. What do you think? You know what time it is. It's time to sit back, relax. Let's have a whiskey with some filthy cherries, of course, and explore erotic fantasies from people just like you and me. Dear Nikki, I love your podcast and was excited by your invitation to submit sexy Halloween stories. I knew right away that I had one for you. I was in art school at the time, and Halloween was a great opportunity for students to show off their creativity. Halloween was also my girlfriend Olivia's favorite holiday, so we planned to go all out. I created a winged demon costume. It was inspired by Olivia's fascination with the old made-for-TV movie Gargoyles. It had a big impression on her with the youth because she thought the monsters were both scary and sexy. To help you visualize my costume, I used foam rubber to create a muscle suit covered in scaly skin. I sculpted a highly detailed paper mache mask to complete with horns, fangs, and pointy ears. I even added tiny red lights in the eye sockets, but because they made it hard to see, I only flashed them for effect when I was in the dark, like in a backyard or a basement stairway. I also made long-fingered claws, and best of all, large, fully extendable wings controlled by a pole cord. My costume inspired Olivia to build something equally ambitious, but she kept changing her mind and ran out of time. At the last minute, she settled for a generic Cleopatra costume in the Halloween store, but she put her own spin on it by being dead Cleopatra, with blue-gray body makeup and a rubber snake dangling from her breasts. Though she was a little disappointed in her effort, She looked amazing, and her costume was a lot more comfortable than mine. We had a blast at the party. There were lots of original custom-made costumes, so it felt great to get many compliments on our creations. As the night wore on, the rubber snake dangling from Olivia's boob began to annoy her. She had attached it through her costume to a bandeau bra underneath, and the weight of the snake kept wanting to drag her top down. That snake wasn't the only one. Olivia looked incredibly sexy in her gauzy costume with her bare midriff and lots of legs showing, highlighted by a lace-up sandals. She was getting a lot of attention, and I wasn't the only party-goer encouraging her to lose that snake. Emboldened by a few drinks, she excused herself to the bathroom and came back a few minutes later. She'd not only removed the snake, but the bandeau bra as well, leaving just the gauzy crisscross halter top. She didn't really need a bra, as she had small, firm breasts that sat high on her chest. But she was also self-conscious about her nipples, which were almost always poking through her shirts. But now, she set aside her inhibitions, along with the bra, and her little cherry gumdrops were proudly on display, showing through the thin, white fabric. I could tell she was enjoying all the attention she was getting, but I could hardly wait 
to get her alone. She was very affectionate on the ride home, rubbing my thighs and snuggling up against me. More than once, I had to move her hand out of my crotch so I could concentrate on driving. She was clearly in the mood and ready for fun, but she had no idea what lay in store. As soon as we got home, she was eager to jump in the shower to wash off the blue-gray body makeup. I started to ask if she put her costume back on when she was done, but she cut me off. Of course, she laughed, as if I couldn't guess what you had in mind. While she was in the shower, I finished rounding up everything I needed, finding candles, turning on our favorite dark, sexy playlist. Olivia came into the bedroom as I was arranging the pillows to hide part of the surprise, and she looked beautiful, backlit in the hallway, showing through her short, gauzy skirt. I kissed her, smiling at the glossy black wig held in place by the cobra tiara. I cupped her breast, and her luscious nipples pressed into my palms. They were erect, as always. I lay her down on the bed, and we started making out. She ground her hips into me as I raised her hands above her head. Then, she raised an elbow and grinned up at me as I wrapped the leather cuffs around her wrist and secured it to the hairboard. It was one of our favorite ways to play, so she already knew to raise her hips so I could position a cushion under her for better access. Then she spread her legs to accept the ankle cuffs and that held her spread eagled across the bed. She was straining up, trying to kiss me, but I simply straightened her wig and Tira, then stepped back to admire the victim. She put her panties back on. This wasn't unusual, as she knew how much I enjoyed seeing her in them and taking them off. Now, they would serve well for the next part of my plan. I took her favorite bullet vibrator from beside drawer and began teasing her through her panties. She started humping her hips, chasing the sensation. After a few minutes of delicious torture, I turned the vibrator to its lowest setting and then tucked it inside her panties. I snuggled him up to around her pussy to hold the toy in place. She whimpered in frustration, and I told her to be patient, that I'd be right back. I know you should never leave someone alone when they're tied up, but the door was open, and I was just outside in the living room. Of course, I'd already removed most of my costume for the car ride home, but now I quickly pulled it back on. When I checked myself in the mirror, the effect was so striking. I almost scared myself. I returned to the bedroom, paused at the foot of the bed, and let out a deep growl. When Olivia raised her head, I flashed my eyes, spread my wings, and leapt forward. Olivia gasped and struggled against the paws as if trying to escape. I crawled up over her, my wings dragged across the bed. I caressed the side of her face with one of my talons. When I dragged the tip of my claw across her lips, she tried to suck it. She was into this. With her vibe still buzzing away, I sat up, straddling her hips, and slowly withdrew the wavy ceremonial dagger that was also part of my costume. I held it in front of her face, turning it slowly so she could see the glint of the in the candlelight. I pressed the flat blade on the side of her neck, letting her feel the cold, bright steel. I trailed it down her body, tracing her collarbone, her breast, across her stomach, inside her thighs, and between her legs. She was breathing hard and writhing in both fear and anticipation. Then I moved back up between her breast and sliced through the fabric of the flimsy top. I flipped it open, bearing her tits. I was dying to suck on her swollen nipples, 
but the mask made it impossible. Instead, I teased her tits with the tip of the blade, tracing lightly, breaking up her nipples until she was whimpering, and the sucked air through her teeth. I cupped her pussy and gave her a squeeze. She thrust her hips, practically begging me to fuck her. My cock surged in response. I knelt between her legs and pulled aside the crotch of her panties, being careful to keep the vibe against her clit. She was as wet as I'd ever seen her. The sweet, musky smell of her cunt made me growl again. I flipped up my fur loin and teased her pussy with the head of my cock. She twisted and thrust, trying to draw me in. I teased her again, pulling away and turning the vibe to its highest setting. Her head went back and she started to moan. That's when I thrust inside her. Her eyes flashed wide and she cried out. This was my surprise. It was not my cock. The one she was so familiar with, but a longer, thicker, monstrous cock. The knobby alien dildo that I purchased for her just for this occasion and already loomed it up, though she didn't really need it, and kept it warm, gripped between my thighs. As Olivia stared at me in disbelief, I once again spread my wings, flashed my eyes, and roared. That did it. She came with a howl, almost a scream. As much as I wanted to fuck her for real, she was loving the toys, and I couldn't hold off any longer. I worked the dildo with one hand, and used the other to jerk off onto her gorgeous, convulsing body. I came so hard I fell forward, splattering cum all over her pussy and trembling belly. I finished by squeezing out the last few drops onto her tits. The whole time, we hadn't spoken a word, just growls and moans. And that was the first round of the night. After I released her, I ditched the wings in the bodysuit that had become unbearably hot and sweaty. We drank some water, and after we'd caught our breath, she shyly asked if I could put the mask back on. When I did, she rode me to another amazing and nearly simultaneous orgasm. I continued to wear the mask for as long as I could stand it, before finally ditching it so we could both make full use of our mouths. While the rest of the costumes eventually went into storage, the mask, dagger, and the Cleopatra wig became part of our sex toy collection. We loved recreating the scene for special occasions, and I hope you and your listeners have enjoyed it as well. Happy Halloween, Nikki. Love, Dylan. I love this Dylan. Hello. I love it for many reasons. And, and one, um, I'm in the middle of Midnight Mass by Mike Flanagan, you know. So, and if you've seen it, I'm, well, you should just see it. it's kind of creepy. It's not hoary, but it's creepy. So you're, if you've seen it, your fingers reminded me of this thing I just saw, the way you described it, but that's not sexy. That's not what we're here. Wow. I A plus for imagination and creativity, but you guys are in art school, so you got to be at least a teeny bit creative, I would think, somewhere. Wow, I, I'm amazed by the costume, and I couldn't even see it. I would love, 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 love to see pictures if you have it. If not, that's fine. Um, first of all, I've never tried a panty vibe. I'm very particular on my vibes, and it seems like every time I buy them, I love trying them. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like I always go back to my wand, which... I keep, I I always, 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 I always have one toy that you can plug in because I'm notorious for forgetting to charge mine. 
you know, even as much as I go on and on and on about my womanizer, you would think I'd keep the darn thing charged, but no, I don't. And it's probably needing a charge. Just putting that out there. But uh, no, I keep my one. But I've never had a panty vibe. And the thought is very intriguing. I will admit that. Especially one that could be remote controlled. That, you know, you could give to your access to your lover during the day. Though that would be a little awkward, I think, if you were working. But then a little sexy, too. A little dirty secret if you could keep quiet, Right. I think I'd have to pull it out and go, yeah, this ain't working for me. Because <laughs> I can't, I'm not one of those people that can juggle two things at once. I try very hard. But yeah, no, I'm not. I don't multitask very well. You know, just ask anybody that really knows me. They're like, nope, she can't multitask. She can do a lot of things on one thing, but not multitasking. Have you ever explored something like this with your partner? Not, you know, gargoyles and Cleopatra's, but maybe something else. We all talk about spicing up our love life, our intimacy, our just our life period. And Halloween is a great time to do it. Why? Because you can be anybody, anything, a gargoyle, Cleopatra. I was Cleopatra one year. Um, didn't have that sexy costume. And just meeting someone, I'll never forget. So there was this I don't know if you guys remember Columbo. I loved watching Columbo growing up. And this woman, and I forget who played her, what played a sex therapist. And she spiced things up for the weekend, I think for either was either her husband or a lover, one of the two. And she showed up at the bar with a dark wig and a fedora and um, a sexy, I think she had a, like a rigor blazer with no, nothing on underneath and maybe some pants. I don't know, but she looked hot and turned out she ended up murdering him. She she set up the perfect murder, but Columbo got her. But that's the thing. Even if it's just a wig, like, you know, you could wear a Cleopatra wig at any time of the year and wear it downtown and wear it to the next town and be anybody you want to be. Would you do it? Would you go over and be somebody else just for a night so you can have a sexy hookup? a sexy plaything, or anything else you want to do. Tempting, isn't it? I think so. Maybe I should venture out. Cheltenham is a wonderful place to visit. What do you guys think? Okay, as promised, this is a part two of last week. So if you have not heard last week's story, go back. I think we broke it in a place where you could continue to follow along. But it's the first story last week. And if you want to go straight to it, it's at four minutes and 18 seconds. I did look it up. So ha ha ha. Dear Nikki, when we first arrived, it was pretty empty around 6pm. Just a few guys and the odd couple, a real mix of ages. We had some drinks, people watched and had a few chats. Later, it got busier, but mainly men arriving. Turns out, though I really did not know that Wednesdays were gangbang day, When my wife realized this, I thought she would want to leave, as she'd always said that we would only play with other couples. I was a kind of surprised being outnumbered by men. It was not an issue. At this point, there was no real indication what that she wanted to play. The conversations was about the quality. She simply does not just do any guy. She needs to have some attraction to them. Anyway, we got into a huddle with three couples. One couple was very young 
and the other two was around our age, mid-30s and a bit older. Two women were what I would call very attractive. One guy was two, and the others were what we both deemed nice. My wife and I had a bit more chatting and a few more drinks and decided to have a play just together. She was so horny, and so was I. The Charlie was wearing off on me by this point, and I could wrestle up an erection that she played with under the towel. She was in her underwear, like most other women, and the guys were in boxers or towels. We found a private room, and my wife proceeded to give me a very erotic and essential blowjob. I was a lucky guy right then. I had purposely not locked the room to see what would happen. After a while, the rooms started filling up with single men, watching, and looking for me for permission. After a young man got brave and approached my wife from behind and asked permission with his eyes if he could touch her, I nodded yes. He then started playing with her pussy from behind, to her obvious pleasure. He looked at me for approval and I agreed. Then the room filled even more, and guys came in closer. I vetted them, as I knew her type and what she would not approve of. Basically, guys, look after yourself a bit if you want to play with my wife. From then on, all become a bit of a blur. Cocks started appearing from everywhere, and suddenly she was reaching for them all. She was playing with multiple cocks as the guy played with her from behind, after making sure she had a condom on. He entered her from behind and started pumping away. She was going crazy. The guy was in ecstasy and he was deep in her tight pussy. His cock was of average size, but because he did not have a belly, pay attention guys, he could get a nice, close, and deep. After a while, he let out a groan and was coming inside of her. She was moaning so loud, I was sure she was coming too. At that point, she lay back on the bed, and from then on, guys took turns fucking her, various size cocks, all with condoms on. She was covered in sweat and cum, and she stroked the cocks and took cock. She did almost completely forget about me. She was in the zone for around about an hour or so, even encouraging them to fuck her harder and pulling them deeper. She combinated even the biggest cock there. Her eyes rolled back into her head every time she reached her peak, and she was so vocal. It was the hottest thing I'd ever seen. When I went close, She told me how much she loved me and how lucky she was. I, in turn, told her the same and how amazingly beautiful she looked. In that first session, she had had eight cocks inside of her. Amazing. She was like a goddess controlling the crowd. After an hour or so, she got up with my help and we got her to the shower where she showered and cleaned herself. She looked so beautiful, so calm and content. We joined the three couples again and then had a drink. After a while of conversation, she said she needed to go to the toilet. I asked her if she wanted me to come, and she said she'd be okay. Minutes passed, maybe 15. I got a little worried. So I went looking for her, but could not find her in the toilet area. So I went into the main sex room, and there she was again, taking cock after cock after cock. I could not believe how insatiable she was when she had sex normally She would often come really hard, but could not be touched for a while. But here, she just had an orgasm, or close, and went through the pleasure barrier. I could not believe it.
In that session, I almost do not know how many guys are inside her. Around 2 a.m., the club closed, and we invited three couples and three handsome guys back to the Airbnb apartment we had. That night, the fun continued. I also got to have the attention of three ladies with the couples as my wife played again and again, sometimes semi-continuous. I had a meeting at 1 or 12 that day and made sure that I tried to get some sleep. They remained up. Around 10 or so, I left for my meeting, which was around the corner. I was not in the best condition. The three guys had left and there was just the couple sitting around. They agreed they would make breakfast and then go home, etc. When I came back from my meeting, they were all in fact still there. But there was a real change in the atmosphere. One of the couples had clearly had an argument. Anyway, it would all become apparently why. After I left, they were still clearly horny, and the guys in the couples had not been too active. Their wives were fun, but not as insatiable as my wife. My wife confessed that day that she had encouraged the guys to fuck when I left, but there were no condoms. And much to the annoyance of the one of the wives, fucked all the guys without condoms. They all unloaded inside her at her request which explained the frosty atmosphere. This was shocking to me, and we too argued, but also made it so horny, I just wanted to be the final load inside her. When we came back to the UK, there were some tense times, and we had to go to a sexual health clinic to be checked, and she took the morning after pill as she was not on contraception. Ever since, we've had more experiences, but there's always an element of fear, insecurity, but so much lust and love. In a cold light of day, she never admits how horny she is and what a slut she wants to be. It does make things a little tense. It does make things a little tricky. For instance, I know, because I'm tech savvy, that she talks to other guys, but does not tell me about it. She's active on a number of messenger groups, but from the messages I've seen, she does love me. But she has this mental block with admitting the way she is. I'd be fine with it, by the way. I love her so much, and I'm so happy sharing her. We've had other adventures, alone and together, that I might write to you about. But as a business professional and a man of stature, I would simply be unable to confess anything until now. I would deeply love to talk about this with someone but cannot. It's so frustrating. Ken. Well, hello, Ken. Okay, to answer your question on how he came up with your change name is apparently a little side note and some a little bit of useless knowledge. Maybe it'll help you in trivia. I'm not sure. And I think I got this right. Double check me here, guys. But Ken is the third most used name in Monty Python. So that's how I came up with your your name. It was... He does random stuff like that, but I thought maybe you would want to know because what you emailed me, that's how he came up with your name. And you asked me for one thing. Okay, per your request, here you go. Would you like to join me in the back garden for a cup of tea? Or, and these are horrible, I am so sorry, I'll, I'll never be fully English at all. How about we go down to the pub to have a pint together later? So see, yeah, no, I, it rubs off to me, rub, I, it rubs off on me when I'm talking to somebody that I think my accent is the same. It seems like the more I'm around this certain person, the more I talk to them. 
it's back and forth. It's, we're meshing. So there you go. Um, I will say this when I was in Cheltenham, if I said that right, in Gloucestershire or Gloucestershire, around that area, somewhere. <laughs> um, I did fall in love with high tea. And that was the one two things I wanted to do is Stonehenge. And some of you're saying it's a bunch of rocks. It's it's just something I don't like touristy things, but that's one touristy thing I wanted to do. And the other one was I wanted to go to a pub, a proper pub, and high tea. Well, I remember going to high tea. This we would call it a castle over here, probably, but no, I know you guys don't over there. And we go into this old building, and and of course, it's just everything that we see on the movies over there or TV. And the lady asked if we wanted tea, coffee, or soda. And I remember saying that it's high tea. So I would like some high tea. You know, it's not high tea if you don't have tea. I mean, I guess it can, but and I'm pretty picky about my coffee. So I didn't see too much coffee over there. And what I did see was the drive throughs And I was worried about it's kind of like, you know, that brand here, Star, you know. And I don't like theirs. So and we all know how snobby I am. But back to your confession, it would bother me also that there was rawness happen, especially, you know, in an unknown area, and nobody's been checked, you haven't done the steps, especially with no rules down that would bother me. I, I so I agree with you there. But the point being that you're having trouble with her getting to admit that she likes these things. As a woman, I can honestly say, and I, I don't have children, but women and also men, we're not going to leave you guys out. We take on so many roles. And I think it's when we have a, a life like we do, we all do that. We're sexually explorative here. It's very hard to also have the outside life. We balance the two of, of, feeding the need of an outside life of a sexual adventure and balancing it with the vanilla world, the corporate world, or whatever normalist next door neighbor, you know, um, safe for work, safe for home, you know, that kind of thing, safe for talking to other people. And I do think in ways that society and the way some women or most of us were brought up, that we were taught that men don't like women like this. They don't want us to be the dirty girl, the weird nasty one, because you guys can go hook up for that. You guys want the put together and very, I wouldn't say 1950s beep it to cleaver, but very close. And so while we're juggling all these other roles, adding sex goddess can sometimes mess with our heads a bit. It is also a big struggle for me as well. Um, I get into these Spaces where privately I feel great and I can I can I can get in the groove and tell him I am. But I think right now, as if I was talking to him like this, like I'm talking to you, even if it was just the four of us, I would blush fifty shades of red. And I do. I I still have that very when we were talking and very descriptively. I have to process it as as a question, as just a normal theory question. I'm looking at it as like logically, because once I start, you know, 
internalizing it, it, it's a big blush. And I do I blush from head to pinky toe. Ask my lover. It's I do. And something that he has told me before, when a gentleman says stuff like this, especially if it's someone that you're intimate with, and he calls you all these things, and it's actually a compliment. And uh, I go back and forth with it. I still struggle with it. I'm getting better every day. But I think as a woman, we do struggle with what we're taught and what we feel and finding the balance of letting that go and being the lady in the streets and slutty in bed, or even if you want a lady in bed, whatever that is. And even you can be a slutty lady. You can, you can be a trashy lady. You can be just, you know, a road hard and hung up wet. It's like someone recently told me, they said, Nikki, you're completely sexy, educated, smart, but some men just want them road hard and hung up wet. And you won't speak to those people. And I get that. I, I am very not road hard and hung up wet. And I probably don't look like anything you ever pictured. But um, balancing the two, I'd still even with me embracing my sexual adventures, embracing my that part of me does struggle with being the dirty little whore and bad at times. So be patient and work with her, work with your partners and let them know it's okay. Tell them it's okay. It's it's still okay to tell them beautiful. It's still okay to go, God, you look like a dirty little slut. And she'll get it. And maybe those aren't the words you're supposed to use. Maybe you can find softer words to use at this time, but she'll get there. And like I said, it's it may take her a while. But eventually she'll get there. She'll find her ground. And that's what you've got to find is your ground with her. So I hope that helped. I think this is a perfect place to stop for the day. I want to thank you again for joining me. Don't forget, you can email me directly with any questions or stories or confessions, fantasies, anything at Nikki and N-I-K-K-Y at DearNikki.com at DearNikki.com under the confessions tab. Hello, lover. Why don't you come over? I've been a really bad girl. I think I might need a spanking. What do you think? You say I like it way too much, though. (laughs) And then next time, ladies and gentlemen, have a very happy week.